But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 1 Peter 3.15 NIV Translation Welcome to the Defender's Digest. Good morning, Defenders. Happy Monday. I'm just going to go ahead and dive right into what I want to talk about today. Um, This isn't an apologetical response to this question, but I want to give an emotional response to the problem of evil. If you want a larger response, if you want the apologetical response, I did uh, create a 12-page ebook on this called The Problem with the Problem of Evil, and uh, that's available for download to members of the Defenders Academy. So if you want to check that out, I'll put a link for that in the description. Uh, but what I want to talk about today is more of an emotional response. And kind of, I'm going to walk you guys through a journey that I had as a young Christian in wrestling with it. Because here's the truth of it. No matter who you are, whether you're a Christian or an atheist or a Buddhist or an agnostic or a Hindu, um, at some point you deal with some version of the problem of evil. And uh, maybe maybe you become a nihilist as a response because you don't know what else to do. But you, you, you have to wrestle with it. And uh, it doesn't matter where you're born at, uh, what part of the world you're born in, or when you were born, you are going to face the problem of evil. It's just a part of the human condition. The problem of evil, in the large sense, is this question of, why is there so much evil, pain, and suffering in the world? And in essence, that's true. In essence, there's an element where it's, it's true that to be human is to suffer. Uh, that seems to be maybe... Maybe something to the effect of a, of a fundamental truth that we all know, that we all experience to live in this world is to suffer. But something else that we know is true is that as human beings, we have the capacity to rise above that suffering and to do something great and meaningful and to maybe even reduce some of the suffering in the world and make a difference that matters. And that, that's something that we know is true. And... Maybe part of the goal, maybe a universal goal, is to be one of the people who make sure that there isn't unnecessary suffering in this world somehow. Maybe that's a universal goal outside of Christianity, but maybe that's a human desire. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But it's a very Christian desire. And we see that in Christ, too. We see the perfect man who lived the perfect life, sinless, blameless. And we see him be punished for a crime that he did not commish commit and he takes on undue suffering and then he rises from the dead to overcome that suffering and to tell us I have overcame death and I did it for you and that's the Christian narrative so the Christian problem of evil is a little different than the general problem of evil which is why is there so much pain and suffering in the world the Christian problem of evil might look something like this it might say something like how does an all powerful all loving God allow evil to exist? Or maybe it's, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? And we have apologetical responses to this, right? We could talk about the logical problem of evil or the probabilistic problem of evil, or we could talk about the notion that there's no good people in the world. God was the, Jesus Christ is the only good person. We can, we can go down that route. We can have the apologetical discussion, but I want to have a different discussion with you today. 
I want to talk about the problem of evil very human level. You know, because you know, we can say, well, it's because we have free will. And we can say, well, you know, it's because we are sinful. And sin necessitates judgment. And we, can, we can say those things. We can have those conversations. But I'm going to give you guys a so much more practical response. I think for some of you, this is going to resonate. And it's going to be very impactful. And it's it's going to help in your life on a personal level. And I think for some of you, you're, it's not going to mean much. And you're going to miss it. And uh, some of you might not even appreciate that I said it. But... I do think that it's worth being said, so I'm excited to share it with you guys. I think it's going to help a lot of people to hear this. Um, in my late teens, early 20s, I was wrestling with the problem of evil, and I was talking to my pastors about it, and I was looking for the, what the scriptures had to say about it. And, um, I wasn't really coming up with any answers that I felt were personally convicting. I hadn't found the apologetical responses yet. This was before that part of my life, um, really, in a large sense. I wasn't digging into the deep apologetics. Um, but I was, you know, looking and talking to a lot of people and praying, and I wasn't finding anything that resonated, that felt like it, it didn't satisfy me in any way, shape, or form. Um, and then one day, completely unrelated, um, my mom, who was raised in the church, but I wasn't, so never really talked about religion in any way, shape, or form all growing up. Um, she's kind of venting a little bit about uh, we have a young person a new, newborn child that she's talking about uh, she, she tells me you know what some people don't get is that if you're going to be a good parent you have a newborn you have a young child and they start crying sometimes you should just let them cry. If you pick up the child every single time it cries, it learns to be dependent. Which also means it does not learn to be independent. And that's not something that you not want to perpetuate throughout the rest of their life. But at the same time, if you never go to the child when it cries, then it learns not to trust people. Not to trust its parents, not to trust its family, not to trust anybody. You don't want that perpetuated through life either. So, the correct response is, most of the time you do pick that child. Sometimes you don't. In the moments when you don't pick it up, the child doesn't know where its mom, where its dad is. It doesn't know why it has to experience what it's experiencing. All that it knows is that it hurts. It's scared. It's lonely. But that's actually good parenting. Because that's how you make sure that your child grows up to realize that it can take care of itself. It can be independent. It can be strong. And most of the time you do pick it up. But sometimes you don't. And well... When my mom shared this with me, it clicked... 
and a response to the problem of evil might very well be that God uses that evil or what we perceive as evil or what is evil depending on the circumstance to accomplish a greater goal if it is even remotely possible that God can accomplish a greater goal out of evil then it makes sense that evil exists that God allows evil to exist and there's plenty of examples in scripture of God accomplishing great goals out of evil Job comes to mind in the book of Job God literally lets Satan loose on Job how that works out. We can see the results of that. So we know that there is actually really good reason that evil could exist. And maybe maybe evil exists primarily because God is a good parent. That's all I have for you guys today. I love you all. God bless.